Good morning. My name is Mike. If I haven't met you before, it's a joy to be with you all today. Uh, if you're new here or I haven't met you before, I'd love to meet you after the service, and it's a joy and honor to be with you. Uh, we are going to be looking at Proverbs 3 this morning, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Proverbs 3, this is part of the wisdom literature. It's, it's sort of in the middle of your Bible if you're looking for it. Proverbs 3, verses 3 to 5. And before we jump into it, how's everyone's new year going? It's been good so far? All right, that was a pretty unexcited uh, celebration. So has it been a rough year already? A little bit of both, I guess. Different seasons. Uh, what I wanted to share with us this morning is, is really for us to look at a goal for this new year. And something that will drive our direction and, and drive our decision making and, and drive what it truly means to hand over our will and control as we sung about to God. And so I, I want to look at how God's going to guide us, but God's going to guide us when we live with a deep dependence and trust in him. And the beautiful thing that we get with a relationship with God is that when we, when we trust God, when we come before him, um, we can trust him and basically hand out our, over our lives to him and trust him with the rest of what will come. And so I want us to look at Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. Let's read this together. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Amen? Amen? Now, this has been a verse for me that's been pretty important for uh, the majority of my Christian life, actually, because uh, this is one of those verses that I came to very early on in my spiritual journey. And I remember exploring faith at the age of 17 and looking at what would come next for my life and pondering all these questions about my future. And God sort of led me in this wild path, and I ended up making a decision to go to Bible college. And at the time, I hadn't even come to faith yet. I didn't even know what a Bible college was at the time, but I sort of just said, hey, let's see what happens. And obviously, to go to Bible college, you probably need what? Uh, a Bible. And so my parents bought me this Bible, and it was a gift that they said, you're going to Bible college, you're going to need this, and they gave it to me. And I remember the first night I was looking at it, and I started to wonder, like, okay, well, how do I use this thing, first of all? And I said, okay, I'm just going to open it up and see what happens. And I open up my Bible, and I come, guess where? To Proverbs 3. And I begin reading. It says, My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And then the verse we just read. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, 
and he will make straight your paths. Amen? So that was one of the first things that I read as someone who was trying to explore Christianity and trying to explore the Bible. And it was quite fascinating to me because um, is, is that how I would recommend reading your Bible, just open up to random pages? No, it's not the most efficient way. Um, you're going to take a lot out of context. You're not going to fully understand the story of God. But at the same time, God still spoke to me, amen? And He spoke to me with the sense, I'm getting emotional already. I, <laughs> Jackie told me not to get emotional today even too, and I'm, not, I'm starting getting emotional. Um, I started pursuing God with Him telling me from the very start that if I trust Him with my life, then He will direct me and give me wisdom and guidance. And as I look back all these years, since that time when I was 17, that has remained so true in my life. Can anyone, other, anyone else testify to that? Amen, right? And I've never preached this text, but I said I have sort of a one-off this week. So I said, this is a preach I've always wanted, a text I've always wanted to preach that I haven't because it's so dear to my heart. And here's the beauty of it, is, is when we realize that we have a God who is relational with us, and a God that when we trust Him with everything in our life, when we lay down our lives completely to Him and surrender the control of our lives to Him, He will be so good to us. Amen? He will be so good to us. And I know as we enter in this new year, we, we sort of have this New Year celebration as examining of what could come next. And for many of us, we have no idea, no concept of what the future holds. And for some of us, we may have an idea of what the future holds, but reality is that will probably fall apart and crumble at some point. And so we have to realize that tomorrow is unknown. Our futures are unknown. And yet what we trust and who we trust will play a major role in navigating through life and navigating this unknown future. And I'm here to tell you this morning and testify in my own life that we can boldly face any unknown future if we entrust our lives to a known God. Amen? And so my hope for us from the purposes of the Word this morning is that we would not fear the future, that we would never be afraid of the future, and we would enter into this unknown year and unknown possibilities and uncertainty of what could come next this following year with a deep sense of trusting in a known God. That's my prayer for us as we enter into this new year, and I pray that would be a goal for your life, is that you would enter into this unknown year trusting in a God who has revealed Himself, a God that we can know. And so let's, let's begin to process some of this text together. What is going on here in Proverbs 3? And so the first instruction, the first verb is what? Trust, right? Now here, who here has ever had trust issues in their life? Who here has had trust if broken, right? And so trust is a lot of a lot of vulnerability, isn't it? Uh, trust takes a lot of risk. And so many of the people that we've trusted in our lives have in some form or fashion broken that trust. 
And yet here we were called not just to trust in a general sense, we're called to trust in who? Trust in the Lord. And the Lord is this this statement of trust in the God who created you, trust in the God who is sovereign over all things, trust in the God who is controlling the past, present, and future, trust in the God who knows what is ahead of you. And so trust in the Lord. Now, we have two, two options when we examine trust. We can either trust God Or if we choose not to trust God with our lives, who are we then trusting? Self, right? And and our lives are truly guided by who we trust. And, And this guidance from this wisdom of Proverbs is that we need to trust all aspects of our lives to God. Because when we trust in ourselves, and as the proverb reminds us, as we lean on our own understanding... What's going to come? A lot of horrible decisions, a lot of regret, a lot of shame, a lot of mistakes on the journey. I mean, Proverbs is all about living wisely, and to live wisely, who do we need to follow? God. And the implication is, if we don't follow God to find wisdom, if we lean on our own, uh, our own understanding ourselves, what's the other equation. Foolishness, right? Mistakes, regret. And so there's this paradigm that's placed before us that we can either find sufficiency and wisdom in God or we find self-sufficiency in trusting in ourselves. And, and there's this really neat cycle that's going on in these verses, and I'll, I'll pull it back to the verses just so you can see it. But there's this cycle of handing our lives over to God. So here's the implication. So if we trust God with all our hearts, you won't lean on what? You won't lean on your own understanding. And if you don't lean on your own understanding, you're going to acknowledge who? God. And if you acknowledge God, He will direct or make straight your paths, right? Now, Here's the flip side now. Here's the cycle that comes. If God directs your path, if God directs your future, you can trust that direction with everything, can't you? Why? Because you trust in who God is. You trust in the character of God. So if God is making the path before you, you can trust God that it is the path that is good for you, that God desires from you. And if you trust then with all your heart, then the cycle continues. He directs your path and you can trust that direction with all of your heart, with everything. And that's the cycle. It goes round and round and round. The the cycle is this cycle of dependence, of trust, of, of understanding our helplessness and hopelessness, when we guide and make our own decisions and ultimately leaning our lives upon God. And so this aspect of trusting then is really about being guided by those we trust and trusting in God seeking His guidance. Seeking His guidance. Now, who feels like they need some guidance in life? Yeah. I always find it fascinating, year after year after year, and I've, I've been researching this for 
probably like the last 10 years that I can remember. Uh, I enjoy looking at like what are the most popular genres of books out there and, and what is sort of our general call, uh, population in Canada and America. What are they primarily reading? What are they engaging in? And year after year, the, the, the top study that people really focus on is a genre. And can any guess what that genre might be? Self-help. So you guys even know this, right? It's apparent in our culture. Self-help is a genre that occurs time and time again in our culture of people trying to improve themselves, seeking guidance for life, seeking wisdom, so to say, for life. And, and so there's this intrinsic, innate need that we all have for guidance. And what I find fascinating is when, when the Proverbs use the language of guidance as well and, and seeking after God and allowing God to guide our lives, uh, the word guidance really refers to this ability to successfully navigate life, to not get lost in life, so to say, to allow God's guidance to help direct us through life. And the, the word for guidance actually has a lot of connections to the word rope, Pretty random, right? Why would guidance in the, the language of Proverbs be talking about rope? Anyone knows what rope would be used for for navigation? Any guess? All right, well, I'll teach you something new today then. Well, one of the oldest forms of navigation, especially for shipfaring, was lead lines. Has anyone heard of those before? Where you'd basically put a weight on the end of a line and you'd drop it into the ocean and you would let it sort of skim the bottom and it would tell you the, the depth of the ocean and it would tell you basically if the ship is in harm's way of running ashore. And so this lead line was this, was this navigational tool that would protect you from basically driving up on shore and give you a sense of how deep it is. But uh, this isn't as much connected uh, to the Hebrew word, but another fascinating thing with rope and navigation is, is what is the language we use for how fast a ship goes today? Knots. Now, what does knots have to do with shipfaring and driving a boat? What does that have to do with speed? Well, what they would do is they would throw a, a piece of wood out the end of the ship, then they would have these tied-off knots and ropes, and basically how fast those knots were going out from the ship would give you an indication of how fast you were going, right? And, and so this language of rope and guidance is actually uh, quite intricately tied with this language of Scripture. Now, could you imagine being out on a ship and having no sense of the depth of the ocean. It's a pretty scary feeling. Uh, I remember being stuck in fog before as a young kid, and I was, it was fog where I could barely see my arm, and uh, we were heading back down the inlet, so there's, there's uh, land on both sides of us. And I remember my, my dad, basically, we, we had some rocks and some random stuff uh, that would splash in the boat, and so my job was I sat in front of the boat and I just started tossing rocks out just to make sure, and listening for the waves around us crashing, just to make sure we didn't run into anything. But it's a pretty scary feeling to have no sense of direction and have no sense of ability to know if you're going to crash. And yet, how many of us live our lives that way? <laughs> right? Where a crash could always be around the corner. A shipwreck at many times could always be around the corner because we don't have any tools or guidance to know what's really directing us. 
And, and this, this language from the Proverbs is without God's guidance, we are in a sense lost in a wide open ocean of life. And so there's, there's something that we have to change. There's something we need to pursue to get a sense of direction once again. We need guidance. And so for us to get a sense of guidance and direction then, how do we pursue that in our relationship with God? Well, there's been a few things throughout the church and as far as practices, as far as navigational tools, so to say, like the rope for us to discern what could the path of God could be. Now, as we enter the new year, uh, who here has actually made New Year's resolutions? Or are we sort of an anti-resolution group? It's a pretty anti-resolution group. But let me ask you this. What have you actually planned to actually grow in your relationship with God? Like, we, sure, resolutions, we sort of mock it at New Year's, but what do we actually have as far as navigational tools to discern God's future for us? Because that's a much more serious question. That's a spiritual question now. What are we actually going to do in this next season of our life to discern what is next for us? Or are we just going to continue having no guidance in our life and just sort of see what comes and see what waves crash against us? And this is where the Proverbs says, to be wise, you need discernment. You need to depend on the guidance of God. You need to follow His path. Now, when we think of, of discerning guidance, especially as sort of uh, Western evangelicals, um, I, I find a lot of the times when I talk to people about them pursuing guidance and discerning what God has for the future, uh, often it goes like this is, well, I, I sort of know the decisions that I'm going to make. This is what the future looks like. This is what I think I should do. Uh, I might pray about it, but the decision's already there, and unless I see some sort of magical sign or a billboard that says something else, this is the path I'm going. Sound familiar to anyone? Where we just, we don't even keep God in the equation of discernment? Yet, at the same time, this is incredibly unwise, isn't it? This is incredibly neglecting what God has for us. And so, a few things that I've used in life... Um, first and foremost, uh, God has given us the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, amen? And so even a simple posture of prayer, even a simple posture of dependence upon God is a posture of discernment and saying, God, I need your guidance and I trust you to guide me and wherever you guide me, I'm going to go. I mean, that is a posture in and of itself that's incredibly difficult. Another beautiful posture to take and a habit to form is, is to be around people that can speak wisdom into your life. People that you can go to and say, hey, I'm struggling with what the future holds. Uh, this could be something that I'm exploring, that I'm uncertain of. Um, can you help me sort of discern this and speak to me and give guidance? And that's a big part of why we have community groups here. That's a big part of why we gather in community. That's a big part of why we do spiritual direction and one-on-one -on -one mentoring with one another is to help direct each other on the path of life. Uh, but one that's been probably most influential in my life is, is a form and a pattern that was developed by uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola. Does anyone know who that is? Now, I know a lot of you former Catholics will. Um, St. Ignatius, he's, he's a fascinating, fascinating individual. 
And he's sort of a bad word in Protestant circles because he really fought against the Protestant Reformation. Uh, but Ignatius was an incredibly, incredibly uh, important person of history. Um, he started the Jesuit movement of the Catholics, and the Jesuit movement uh, was probably one of the most influential Catholic missionary endeavors of all of history. I mean, we as Canadians here, our history, especially from a Catholic perspective, is formed by the Jesuits. They were incredibly influential, especially in bringing Christianity to Canada. But Ignatius has this whole form of spiritual exercises that are just um, basically studied around his life and his practices. And the spiritual exercise that he would do for discerning and understanding guidance was, was he would place this conversation before God. And it would be something about the future, discerning about what could come next. And he would invite God to move his heart in a particular direction over a period of time. And, and so he would ask the question about the future day in and day out. And he would begin this conversation with God and see where it led. And this, in my life, has been incredibly influential. Um, especially, I mean, we've made some major decisions throughout our life. Um, we made the decision to go do my master's degree with absolutely no money and trusting God. Now, usually when you go to your master's degree with no money, you're going to come out with crazy debt, right? And we were concerned about that, and yet we came out of it with no debt. God blessed it, and God brought us forward. But in that process, we were discerning. We, we said, okay, this, this is something I long to do. And we asked that question as a couple, day in and a day out. Is this something we're called to? And it was this conversation that over and over again, through a period of time, God kept bringing affirmation. It was the exact same thing when we came to this church. I mean, when we moved from the Vancouver area, how, do you think I ever heard of Entwistle before? <laughs> no, absolutely not. So it was, this, it was this discerning process of we're stepping into a massive uncertainty, we're stepping into a massive unknown, and you just sort of throw it before God day in and day out. Is this where you're leading me and just submitting to that path? And you, you analyze the conversation, you analyze where your heart is, you, you analyze what's going forward through a period of time in a specific direction. And so Ignatian spirituality in many forms with decisions that Rebecca and I had to make as a couple even, it's been incredibly, incredibly important. So even though you, you may scoff at the idea of New Year's resolutions, I pray that you would develop some sort of conversation with God about your future, some sense of dependence upon His guidance and what He has for you. But I know that's a lot easier said than done. And I know for many of us, uh, what's really holding us back from that conversation with God and many times is fear. Because especially when it comes to our future, who do we want to make the decision? us. We want to be in control of our future. We want to be in control of what's next. We want to know what's happening. We want to be in the driver's seat, so to say. We want to guide our own lives. And there's always an underlying fear that what if God takes me where I don't want to go? Anyone ever experienced that? <laughs> or even an unwillingness to even ask the question, Right? Fear of uncertainty often keeps us from following where God 
calls us. And, and here's the thing. At times, the future can feel absolutely threatening. At times, the future can feel like the uncertainty is just overwhelming and unbearable. But what I do, and maybe this will help you too, is when I look at the future and I see a path where God might be leading me in that conversation with Ignatian spirituality, one thing I do is, what is the worst case scenario that could happen if I were to go this route? <laughs> which, which is a pretty wild conversation to have at time, right? What is the worst thing that could happen if I go this route? What is the worst thing that could happen to me? And you analyze it and you make peace with it. And often, what's the worst thing that could ever happen to you? The question of, well, what is your greatest fear? And that's a very interesting question to ask ourselves, isn't it? What is my greatest fear? Is my greatest fear death? Well, how has God made peace with death? It's not, I'm not asking hypothetically. How has God made peace with death? Through resurrection, through Jesus, right? And so even, even if the greatest outcome and the worst outcome and my greatest fear is death, in my conversation with God, how would he, how would he respond? I've already dealt with it. The re- promise of the resurrection is there, right? And, and so there's, there's, there's this beautiful, beautiful recognition that even our greatest fear, the thing that may produce the greatest amount of worry and anxiety in your life, even if the worst happens, God has a remedy. God has an answer. God has a restoration. God has strength for it all. And so there's this, there's this beautiful aspect too. So I do that and don't worry, I don't just stay uh, in a sense of despair where all I think about is the worst case scenario. Another thing I do in the midst of fear and worry is, is ask the question, well, what is the greatest thing that could possibly happen? What is the best thing that could possibly happen if I were to go this route? And that's where a lot of our dreams and aspirations and things that we're excited for and the passions that come, those were those conversations of God began to blossom. What is the beauty of what could happen for the future? And, and I find as you shift that conversation, as you deal with the greatest fears and worries and anxieties, then you look to what God could accomplish through this journey. It produces this beautiful future even though it may be uncertain, there's still a beautiful possibility of what God could do with dreams and your future. And so, here's what happens then when we trust God. Here's what happens when we lay aside our fears. Here's what happens when we lay aside our doubts. Here's what happens when we lay aside our anxieties and deeply trust Him. It says, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will do what? He will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. He will guide. He will direct us. And and this isn't so much in terms of trusting God, meaning that everything in life is going to be straight and smooth. It's not saying that when you trust God, your path is going to become easier. It's not saying that your path will become easy. 
That's obviously not the case in life. Anyone testify to that? (laughs) Not at all. But it does mean that even out of the mess of our lives, and even all the twists and turns of our lives, and, and even the paths and directions we never planned on going on or we never wanted to go on, the beauty is that even with all the twists and turns, God will create something beautiful. And He will lead us to His desired purpose and goal for our lives. That is the hope that is set before us. That is the promise that is set before us in Christ. And so we don't have a promise that all the bad things in life will go, that will go away, but we do have a promise that God will be at work in every detail of our life to accomplish His purposes for us. That's good news, isn't it, church? It's very good news. And so, again, the Bible, just like our common sense, tells us that the certainty of the future is unknown. That none of us, none of us have control over the future. That's not in our domain of knowledge. We have no right to it. We have no claim to it. We have no knowledge or assurance of it. The future only belongs to who? To God. And He is good. And He is trustworthy. And He will direct us. And that same God that controls the future is good and beautiful and has greater gifts in store for us than we could ever imagine. And that when we trust Him, when we give Him control of our lives, that He will guide and direct us into righteousness, into truth, into justice, into mercy for His glory. And so... I pray that a goal of ours, even if you don't have a resolution this year, I pray that a goal of ours would be that we can boldly step into this unknown future, this unknown year, as we entrust our lives to a known God. That we should never be afraid to trust an unknown future to Jesus Christ, the God who knows us and sees us and knows the future as well. And so there will be changes this year. There will be things that catch us off guard. There will be things that we never planned for. And yet God will be faithful in it all. Amen? Amen. So let's pray and then I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer congregation as well. So let's just pray together. Gracious Father, we thank you that you are a God who knows us and a God whom we can know. And we thank you that even though we as humans are so incapable of of determining or knowing with assurance any sense of the future, that you are a God who holds the future in your hands, and that you are a God who is sovereign over past, present, and future. And Lord, even though it can be times a struggle to trust you, even though it can be so tempting at times to control our own lives and to control our own future. Lord, I pray that we would just come with a sense of helplessness, uh, knowing where that leads, and with a deep dependence upon you, the God who holds the future in your hands. And so we come and we enter into this uh, new year 
confessing our need for guidance, confessing our need for discernment, confessing our need to deal with fears that keep us from following you. And I pray that as we submit to you and entrust every aspect of our lives to you, that you will again, just as you have in my past, just as you have done in so many of the past of people here, proved yourself to be faithful and good. Lord, you are a God who never disappoints. You are a God who never breaks your trust. Lord, even though we can go through seasons of doubting it, Lord, you remain the same. Your trustworthiness remains steadfast. And so allow us to be people of wisdom. Allow us to be people who truly submit our lives to you. In this name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So before we, we enter into a time of, of closing worship songs, I just want to have a, a time of reflection, of prayer for us. Because uh, we, we enter into this new year, and I, I pray that you did it with prayer, but uh, I think we have to analyze some of the decisions that we're making and, and part of what is happening next in our life. So I'm just going to invite you to, to bow your heads again, and I'm just going to read some questions over you. And I want you just to ponder these questions. I want you to begin answering them even now. And I have a long list because some questions might hit different individuals different ways. But I, I'm just going to invite you to, to bow and just enter into prayer. And I'm going to ask you these questions for you to have a conversation with God about. And so the first question is, what will you do specifically... In other words, not just abstractly, but specifically this year to increase your enjoyment of God. Are you enjoying God? Are you enjoying the presence of God? And how are you going to specifically increase that this year? So just meditate that on that for a little bit. Another question is, what area of comfort in your life is God calling you out of? In other words, where's an area of life that you have control over, that you are comfortable in, that God may be calling you out of? The next question is, in which spiritual discipline do you most want to make progress this year? And what will you do about it? So what is a spiritual discipline that you're called to grow in? Is it prayer? Is it biblical literacy? Is it practicing Sabbath and getting rest? Is it missional engagement? Next question, how will you help strengthen the church? How will you help strengthen the church? 
in our local church, in the church in our community, in the church in Alberta, in church in Canada? How will you help strengthen the church? What are the giftings and talents and resources that God has blessed you with? And how are you using it for His kingdom, His church? Then here's a key one. What needs to change in your life from last year? <laughs> Who here has something from last year they want changed? <laughs> what is it that you experienced last year? What did you see in yourself? What were the habits? What were the characteristics that you're like, I don't want to live like that anymore? And what are you going to do to change them? How are you going to depend on God to transform you? Then the next question, what are some ways you can improve your prayer life this year? In other words, what are some ways where you can improve your relationship and engagement of experiencing God? Then here's one we could all use. What is the biggest time waster in your life? <laughs> and what are you going to do about it this year? What do you waste time doing? Often the easy answer is TV or maybe social media, whatever it may be. What is the biggest time waster? What is something you spend a lot of time in that has no purpose or value for your life? And this next question is pretty important for what we just talked about with Proverbs. What is the most important decision you will make this year? What is the most important decision you will make this year? And how will it glorify God? And the final question, how will you grow in maturity in Christ this year? And what specifically will you do? How will you grow in maturity in Christ this year? And specifically, what will you do? So let me pray for us again as the, the team comes up to lead us in another song. I'm going to pray for us again just to, just to have you guys process this even further. Let's pray. Gracious God, we, we thank you that you are a God who speaks to us, a God who gives us direction and guidance. And we pray that as we, we posture ourselves before you with these questions, Lord, we know we, we struggle to ask questions because it means the potential of change. It means the potential of giving up control of our lives. And yet we know when we, we answer these questions in accordance with your will, and then as we seek your direction and purpose in your life, we, we know that what is there for us is good. Lord, even in our doubts, there's a sense that uh, when we relinquish control of our lives, we know that what you have is good for us and better for us. 
we've experienced so many times when we live in our own power and our own wisdom and our own strength that things often come crumbling down. And yet, you guide us and you direct us into goodness and your purposes. So I pray for all the conversations that we've had with you in this moment. I pray for all the questions that we've processed. And Lord, we know that different questions are going to hit different of us in, in different ways, and yet we trust you to speak to us through them. We trust you to guide us through them. And Lord, for those of us who are really struggling to give up control of our lives, we, we come before you in, in confession. We come before you confessing that we doubt your goodness. We come before you in confession that we don't trust you with the future. We come before you in confession that we don't truly believe that what you have for us is best. And yet, Lord, we thank you that you are patient with us. We thank you that you suffer with us even in our mistakes. And Lord, even that you are able to redeem these mistakes and wrong paths that we go down that you were able to make all things new. And so, Lord, we come before you looking to the future with a deep sense of uncertainty, with a deep sense of not knowing what even this next day will bring, but trusting that you are faithful, that you are good, that you love us. And, Lord, we trust that you will make our paths straight. Thank you, gracious God. In your name, Jesus, we pray. In your name, we trust. Amen.